Hello and welcome to the Secret Bobo Movie Podcast. I am Bobo, this is my movie podcast, and it's a secret. So if you're listening to this, don't. Burn your hard drives, don't share. How the hell did you find it? Today's movie is Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Across the Spider-Verses? I don't know. I'll tell you in the end what I think they should have called it, but that's for spoiler talk at the end. There's going to be a non-spoiler section, and then at the end I'm going to talk spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, it's okay. I'm coming in heated. I'm coming in a little bit griped, and if you like the movie, don't worry. I have a lot of nice things to say about it, but if you didn't like the movie, if you have superhero fatigue, stick around. I have, I have the gripes. I have all the gripes. Don't worry. I'm going to gripe, but also if you're listening to this, stop. Don't. This podcast is a secret. So I went into this movie already a little grumbly. You know, I was trying to think about what was the last superhero movie I've seen. And it was an interdimensional Spider-Man movie. And you might be thinking, which interdimensional Spider-Man movie? Exactly. I don't know which number interdimensional Spider-Man movie this is that I've seen, let alone Spider-Man movie. I have superhero fatigue. And I also have... Fatigue for the discourse around superhero movies. The Marvelfication of the blockbuster has just lowered the standard of the blockbuster, a type of movie which I love. And also, yeah, I'm so tired of the discourse. After every single superhero movie, there's articles that say this brings the superhero genre back, or has superhero fatigue started? Has superhero fatigue finally kicked in? I mean, come on, what is this discourse? And look, I grew up loving superhero movies. I saw a lot of them in theaters. I saw this in theaters. But, you know, I ask people who are into them, look, I'm burnt out. Should I see the new Spider-Man? They go, yes, absolutely see the new Spider-Man. And I see the new Spider-Man and I just kind of, I'm going to get to my gripes. Don't worry, I'm going to get to my gripes. And look, the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse I loved, I loved nothing better than a well-executed animated movie. You know, Phil and Lord, the directors, the writers, they're great. They really are great. I have different gripes about how animation has evolved. I think there has been an incredible amount of overcranked pacing, overcranked pacing. And part of this is copying Phil and Lord. The Lego movie has made every single movie trying to copy it so overworked and overworked because it's animation that they don't let their beats sit. They don't let their jokes sit. And for this movie, it's incredibly maximalist. They don't let their beats sit, which is fine. But also the story is so drawn out that it's a lot of whiplash. It's a lot of whiplash. And look, people who love this movie have said that they could watch it for four hours. Well, don't worry. They're going to give you four hours. All right. Let me talk nice. Let me get into the movie. Let me talk about the movie. And let me say some nice things about it. The animation itself, undeniable. Oh my goodness. An absolute treat. No matter what gripes I had with the overall pacing, it is incredibly hard to be bored during this movie. There is always something to look at. It's so fun to just look at the shadows and the textures and the cinematography. So many fun, memorable shots. And 
Just in general, I think the maximalism of this movie works really well. The quick editing, the split screens, a lot of just the general pacing of scenes does a great job of communicating a lot of information, a lot of visual information. And I loved the non-motivated lighting or emotionally motivated lighting. I loved any of the abstract imagery, especially towards the end, a lot of abstract backgrounds. They do it in the beginning too. And even abstract motions and different symbolism. It, it just, all the, all the art of the movie is really fantastic. I mean, this is a near perfectly crafted movie that isn't for me. The craft of the movie itself is great. And this is how most modern animated movies are. I mean, I loved how the Mario movie looked, but that movie was Illumination trying their hardest to make animation a silly little children's genre. And as far as the discourse of, oh, this is a movie for kids, we are past that discourse. There is so many fantastic profound animated movies that kids and adults have watched. And if you haven't seen them, I'm sorry. You know, talking about the pacing and other animated movies a little bit before we get back into the things I liked, Studio Ghibli, they will take moments that no other animated movie will spend the money to take. They'll have a shot of a creek. Oh, fantastic. So fantastic. And a lot of the times that's kind of what you remember from the movie is the vibe. And look, this Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, vibes, good vibes, pretty much good vibes. But man, I mean, what else do I have to say other than it looked good? It was funny. I was probably laughing in the theater more than anyone else. And it was a really funny movie. Oh, other small side note. There's so many side notes before I get back into what I'm actually wanting to talk about. I love that this podcast is just me. This podcast is really just to hear the sound of my own voice. And if you're listening to it, it's a secret, buddy. So my theater experience, there was a kid in front of me and he asked about 30 minutes in why Spider-Man wasn't falling when he was walking on walls. If your kid is going to see a Spider-Man movie and he's so young that he doesn't even understand Spider-Man has spider powers... Maybe he's too young to go see the movie, okay? Okay? But I can't blame their parents. This movie is incredible baby sensory. You know, if you're, if you're intoxicated, this movie is probably amazing. But I saw this movie on popcorn, and boy did it drag. It takes so long to even get to Miles Morales. And look, the beats themselves are enjoyable, yes, but... This movie is incredibly predictable, and I always knew what was happening next, and it just takes so long to get to stuff. And when I get to the spoiler section, you'll understand why all these good moments do not pay off. There is so much fantastic interpersonal stuff, the Gwen and Miles Morales stuff. Oh my gosh, I was laughing out loud at so many beats. The parent stuff is nice, but also... This is my what Spider-Man movie? This is my 20th Spider-Man movie I've seen in theaters? I mean, come on. And the most interesting stuff this movie has to do is saying that, look, you've heard this story before. You've heard the Spider-Man story before. But ultimately, it is just another Spider-Man story, which is why I feel so griped that people said it was different and it, it doesn't fall under superhero fatigue. 
or this or that. I'm recording this podcast in my car and it's off. So I have a time limit of when I sweat to death. But hey, I'm just going to show the babies who's boss. What was I even saying? Movie's predictable. The payoff doesn't work. A lot of fun moments, a lot of incredibly great action, but boy does the first act take forever. It's about an hour into the movie and they have a scene explaining the multiverse. They have a scene explaining the multiverse an hour into the third Spider-Man multiverse movie I've seen. I'm losing my mind. And multiverse is so... You just don't need to explain it at this point. You just don't. And look, they had to explain some other stuff. I guess it was needed for the story, but everything in this story ultimately feels unjustified. That's what I'm going to get to. The second act has an incredible fight scene, but the whole time I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they need to deal with everything they set up in the first act. I just was constantly thinking of what was next, what was next. This movie is funny. Like I said, I think it's going to be funnier for other people. I don't know how many times they can do the joke of this is a Spider-Man, but different. And it's funny, and they have a couple different funny jokes, but there are literally over a thousand Spider-Men in this movie. Look, I just have to go to spoilers. If you think you're going to like this movie, go watch it. You're going to like it. If you're tired of superhero movies, don't see it. Wait for streaming at the very least. I mean, if you want the spectacle, the spectacle's there, but do not expect any meat. Do not expect any meat. Spoilers. Spoiler talk. Here we go. Spoilers. All right, let's talk about the fun spoiler stuff. I did not like any of the live action gags. Maybe one, but you don't need to show Donald Glover twice. Why the hell is Donald Glover in this? And look, this movie must be an absolute treat for if you're watching it as a meta piece of media only because there is a lot of you could pause any frame of this movie and you would need a nerd to explain some reference to you and even as a novel outside spider-man enjoyer i have absorbed enough spider-man culture through osmosis that i was enjoying a lot of references there are funny memes and callbacks and stuff you just can't miss That being said, it does, at a certain point, I'm just waiting for the substance. I'm waiting for the meat. I'm waiting for something that I haven't seen in 10 other Spider-Man movies. Okay, the interesting thing about this ending was, spoilers here, that he was in the wrong dimension. That was a beat I did not see coming. That was an actual thing in the movie I didn't see coming. I know I talked a lot about this movie being incredibly predictable. That I did not see coming. Okay, now for the spoilers. Of all spoilers, this is your last chance. The movie is a bait and switch. The movie ends on a to-be-continued. Miles Morales tied up by the villain. His friends go, all right, let's save him. Let's team up. And they go to save him. And Miles Morales is preparing to break out of the chains that he's roped in. And it goes to-be-continued. I said, what? In the theater? It cuts to credits. I sit through the credits. I sit through half the credits thinking it was a, I thinking it was a fake out thinking that they would actually go. That's not how it ended. This is how it actually ended. Oh my gosh. Maybe there was an after credit scene. I don't know, but this movie is two hours of setup and hardly any payoff because the payoff is in another movie. 
I cannot tell you if this story's good. I only got half the story. And it wasn't called Into the Spider-Verse Part 1, right? You know, everyone was telling me that this was a great movie. So I go in, I'm paying attention to all the setup because there's so much damn setup. And the whole time I'm thinking, well, they have to pay this off. Well, they have to pay this off. Can we hear this movie on along? They have to pay this off. And then there's no third act. There's some resolution of some interpersonal stuff, which is good, but it leads to nowhere. There's character change, but I don't get to see it in action. They tricked me. I'm not going to go see part two because they tricked me. I'm so burnt. And this isn't a Dune part one type thing. This isn't a grand story where I know I'm going to get half of it and I have to reserve some judgments about the story for part two because it's telling this book of a thing. I went into this movie with a lot of promises and I feel like they betrayed me. It's a damn to be continued. It's a damn to be continued. So that's my gripes. It's it's honestly, you know, I, I went in pissed that I'm seeing another Spider-Man multi-dimensional movie and it won me over with the craft only to be asked to go see another Spider-Man interdimensional movie. So many great characters. I wish they had payoff, you know, and it's excellently crafted. So it just comes across as a shame, as a damn shame, like the Mario movie, like potential, damn potential, right? So I think that's kind of it for the podcast. I'm trying to think if I have any last thoughts. Burn your hard drive, damn it. So, so super secret bonus segment. Yeah, this is a super secret bonus segment, so it's an extra secret, so you probably really shouldn't even be listening to this, but I just have a couple quick thoughts to say about the movie. It's been a day, and I'm going to make this quick. I'm recording in my car again. It's daytime, so i got to say this before I die of heat exhaustion, but it's been a day, and I was kind of thinking that I was a little bit too harsh on the movie. You know, the movie really is a blast to watch. It really does have some inventive action sequences. For example, the scene in India is just fantastic all the way through. There's actual stakes to it. But I just have a couple other quick thoughts about the movie in general. And I'm going to talk about the letterbox thing. So (laughs) another gripe I had about the action that I forgot to say is when Miles Morales gets away from a thousand plus Spider-Man. So Miles Morales is just the best Spider-Man. It kind of kills a lot of tension. And in general, I thought the Indian, the Indian universe had the best sense of tension in any of the action. And some of the stuff with Spot was good. But again, the action becomes so cartoonish and outlandish, it's hard to really hold any stakes other than the interpersonal stuff, which wasn't resolved. You know, the Indian Spider-Man didn't have an arc. I mean, maybe he will in part two, but you know... Again, there's good part one movies, but this didn't feel like a good, complete part one movie. And some of the discussion that I've heard in rebuttal to the to-be-continued ending has been that it's a good callback to the style of storytelling in comic books. You know, it's the villain of the week, like they say in the movie. It goes back to an issue-by-issue story. And again, this goes to the Marvelification of the blockbuster where the Marvel movie has become the Saturday morning cartoon. It's no longer a movie. It's taking from episodic television. Well, 
I just don't like this. I mean, we're taking from the worst parts of comic book storytelling. Comic book stories have always fallen apart and been notoriously hard to get into because there's multiple timelines and they become irrelevant and each story is so hard to follow week to week and the whole story as a whole gets lost and it's really hard to find any substance of an arc. You have to look up wiki guides to figure out which comics are actually relevant. So it's hard to even tell if this movie's relevant or not. Now, another small gripe before I get to the letterbox thing is I talked about how Donald seeing Donald Glover was dumb and I understand this is a reference to Donald Glover being in a Spider-Man suit in community is the inspiration for Miles Morales. And that's just a cool Easter egg. We don't need it beaten over our head. And again, that's just another example of how this movie is a better piece of meta narrative content than actual story. Okay, now the letterbox thing. If you haven't heard, this new Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Cross the Spider-Verse movie is the number one ranked movie on Letterbox. Number one ranked movie of Letterbox of all time. Now, look, this just kind of goes to show how we need a time limit on movies before it can go to the all-time ranking on Letterbox. And this has always been a problem since IMDb. And I would get if this was number one on the IMDb list, but Letterbox, come on, people. This movie doesn't have an ending. And it just kind of screams to me how much expectations have been lowered where a movie can be the best movie of all time and not have an ending. And it just makes me think about how all Marvel movies notoriously have had a terrible, terrible, terrible third act. And it's gotten to the point where people do not expect an ending to movies and watch TV shows without an expectation that they actually can have a conclusive ending. It just makes me sad. There's good stuff with good endings, and I don't need to be here to go and list them, but the movie has significant pacing problems, and it has no ending, and it is not the best movie of all time. So I kind of feel justified for being so hard on it in my previous podcast, even though it is a complete fun romp, and there's obviously so much love put into this movie, but it just comes across as potential. And again, it's just hard to judge because it's an incomplete movie. So to judge it as the best movie of all time, when honestly it is very, very, very incomplete and it's not a whole story, just seems a little silly. So yeah, that's my review. You can check out my letterbox if you want. It's Reese Bobo, R-E-E-S-E-B-O-B-O. Thanks for listening. Actually, fuck you for listening, bro. This is a secret and this was the super secret bonus segment. So I've already said my goodbyes. I'm out. Peace.